0: Believer, you can be confident that God is for you and has a plan for your life. But Pastor Ed Taylor reminds us there's also some things that come against us.
1: Now, I know you've heard this before. We all heard it. We love it, right? God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Isn't that great? Yes. God loves me, and He's working out a wonderful plan in my life. I wish we could just camp there, right? Put a little tent there. I don't know I'd do a tent. Maybe a fifth wheel deal right there, right? (laughs) Just hang out right there. Just like, yes, Lord, you love me. You have a plan for my life. You're working it out in my life. There's nothing that you're going to do that isn't out of love in my life. But you know there's a flip side to that coin, did you know? The devil, he hates you and has a horrible plan for your life. This is amazing grace.
0: Does it feel at times like the whole world is coming against you? Maybe the pressure is so intense you're really down and discouraged about it. Well, there are definitely some things that are against us as Christians. There's something we don't want you to lose sight of today on Abounding Grace, and that is God is for you. When you come to understand that, it makes all the difference in the world as you make your way through life. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor with Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32.
1: So the question comes up, is God for us or against us? And it depends on where you're at in life and how you answer that question. You're right, God is for us. But I'll tell you what, if you're going through a tough time, it's very easy to conclude the other side. It really depends on where you're at. I mean, it's easy for us in times that are good... It's easy for us in times that are going really well, when everything's in order and everything's the way that we would like it, to say, "God is for us." Yes. But then when a tough time comes, when pain and sorrow and difficulty, they come our way, it's easy to answer that question. I wonder. I wonder if God is really for me? Has he forgotten me? Does he know what I'm going through? Does he realize the pain that I'm feeling? Does, does he know really where I'm at right now? God, where are you? You see, in verse 31 of Romans chapter 8, Paul says, What shall we say to these things? Glorious things. He's pointing back to not only all of chapter 8, but all throughout the beginning of Romans. What can we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I'll tell you, the word in that verse that trips folks up is the word if. Let me just say, from a translation point of view, that Greek word can be translated if, but it can also be translated since, depending on the context. And I think here the translators could have used and should have used the word since. Because if you go back to chapter 8 of verse 1 of chapter 8 in Romans, we begin with being in Christ, and he says, There is therefore now no condemnation. To those that are in Christ Jesus. I mean, it's a glorious place to be in Jesus Christ, a place where there's no con- condemnation. There, there is no passing of sentence from God. We have been cleansed and changed and purged of our sins, past, present, and future. We we begin chapter eight with this glorious notion, this mountaintop of God's word in chapter eight. And he's good, look, there's no condemnation for you if you're in Christ. You're not condemned today in Jesus Christ. You have been cleansed, you've been purged, you've been changed, you've been rescued, you've been delivered. And because we're his children, notice because we're his children, Paul then goes on to say we can cry out to God as Abba Daddy. He's a father that loves us and cares for us, a father that is alongside of us, a father that will chasten us and change us. But a father that cares, who's tender and compassionate, who's always looking out for his kids. We also learned in chapter 8 that the Holy Spirit is working through everything in our lives our trials, our pains, our setbacks, our successes, our victories. He's working them all together. And then we spend a lot of time looking at His plan for us that He has foreknowledge in our lives, so nothing takes Him by surprise. He's predestined things in our life. He has worked and continues to work in our life where He's justified us, He's called us, He's glorified us, He's working in our lives. God's work of salvation is so powerful so that when we come to verse 31 of chapter 8, it should pop off the page. You can just circle the word if and write right next to it, since, because that's a better translation. It jumps off at us. What then shall we say to these things? Since God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, since God is for us, he's not against us. Since God is for us, you see, we're no longer battling with God. Now, now some of you are battling with God. I have to put that in perspective. See, some of you don't have a faith in Jesus Christ this morning, and so what's happening in your life right now is you're fighting against God. I mean, even to be here today was a battle. Even to sit through, I mean, we're only in the first couple minutes of the message and you're already ready to check out. I've heard that before. I don't want to listen to you anymore. I'll sit through this for my friend, for my mom, but I don't really care. But listen, as you listen to the words of my voice, it's not the words that are coming to you. It's the work of God's Holy Spirit coming toward you and upon you where you sense and you realize, you know what, you are at war with God. Apart from Jesus Christ, you've declared war against God, and every day of your life, you fight. You fight it like crazy. You fight the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You fight the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You fight your friends. You fight the Bible verses that you were taught when you were just a little kid on your grandma's lap. You fight it, and you fight it, and you fight it. You get through another day, you put your head on on the pillow, and you go, oh, I made it again. I made it through another day of fighting against God, but let me just tell you, you will not win. You have not when you have no peace in your life. I, I don't it doesn't matter how successful you are. Don't put it in terms of success. So, well, Ed, you don't understand, man. I, I mean I'm doing really well in this world. I've got everything I've ever wanted. All my five-year plans have come to pass. I'm working on my fifth one. I've got that thing. I'm working this deal over here. I've got all the money I could want. I've got all the possessions I can want. My family's doing well. Listen, it's all a lie. Apart from Jesus Christ, you're not doing well at all. That money comes right through your hands. That family, apart from Jesus Christ, they need Jesus. They need a strong, godly leader in that home. Whether you're a single mom or a dad, whether you're raising your siblings because of things that have happened in your family, apart from Jesus Christ, the Bible's clear, friends. You're lost. And you're under condemnation. And you're fighting against God as a waste of time because God, he loves you. And he's drawing you with cords of love. And you can't come to verse 31 if you're not in Christ. It won't encourage you. See, because you know God isn't for you. God isn't for you as an unbeliever. He doesn't fight for you. He fights with you, against your will. And you keep battling, and you keep battling, and you keep battling, and my encouragement to you is to yield. Come on God's side. Acknowledge your sinfulness before Him. Recognize that your sins have separated you from God. Realize that and repent. Turn from your sin, the sin that's undermining your life, the sin that is giving you an eternal destiny apart from God. The Bible speaks of a place known as hell. Gehenna, the lake of fire. Eternal destinies apart from God. And yet also the Bible speaks of the love of God. The Bible speaks of heaven, salvation, forgiveness, that are yours by faith in Jesus Christ. You recognize where you're at apart from Him. You see, as believers now, for us as Christians, verse 31 pops off the page. I mean, yes, God is for us. Who can be against us? But I'll tell you, Christians, there's the spiritual attack to undermine these precious truths in your life so that you would step back and think, oh, no, you know, things are against me, I, I, I'm overwhelmed. They're stacking up in my life. You know, there's this, this push and this pressure in your life to get you, Christian, on your heels, always moving backwards, always responding, running over here. You know how sometimes at work you'll talk about putting out this little fire. You put out this little fire here, and then when you're putting this one out, five more over here and ten more over here, and you're running around trying to put all the fires out, when God is standing there with this big hose and says, let me put them all out for you. But the enemy wants you to think, no, God's not for you. He's not there. He can't put that out in your life. He can't help you. Always in retreat. Not living in the victory that's ours. You go, Ed, that's all nice and dandy, but everything's against me, Ed. I mean, if you were really to examine my life, you could come to my side of the table and say, everything's against me. It's stacking up like you wouldn't believe. I can't do this, and I can't do that, and this is over here, and I haven't been able to find work over there, and my money's run out, and my wife has run out, and my kids are against me, and everything's against me. Listen, Christian, since God is for us, who can really be against us? It's all about perspective. Paul is certainly not saying that things can't be against us because things are often against us. Paul's not saying you're going to live life without any battles, without any troubles. No, he's trying to give us perspective. You can emphasize one side or the other of this verse. You can emphasize, since God is for us, and you can go through life with great tenacity and encouragement, or you can ask the question, who can be against this, and then ask it yourself. Now, You can jot some things down because I think Paul wants us to understand that things do come against us. And if you're jotting down notes, number one, what comes against us? Well, spiritual enemies, number one. There is a spiritual battle that you are in. You and I have a battle. A battle that we've stepped into by faith in Jesus Christ. See, before Jesus Christ, you and I, we didn't battle against God. We didn't care. I mean, we didn't battle against the forces of the enemy. We didn't care. We battled against God. And he was drawing us with cords of love. Now this new battle, well, this spiritual battle, we've gained some pretty powerful enemies along the way. Spiritual enemies on high. Weird, goofy stuff that when you look at it at face value, if you're not careful, you'll begin to see human beings as your enemies. And humans aren't your enemies. We have an enemy that's spiritual. and We fight all these battles with each other, but hey, you know what? I'm not your enemy. The person sitting next to you is not your enemy. Satan and all his demons, now there, are some enemies. I ask you to open Ephesians 6. If I haven't, turn over to Ephesians chapter 6 and let me show you. You know, the key in these spiritual battles is not to take it personal. When you start taking things personal, then you've taken it out of the realm Of spiritual, and you've taken it upon yourself, and woe is me, and it's all about me, and you take things personal. You get this, you know, when the guys get into the ministry, gals start serving in the ministry here. I always remind them, I always ask the leaders to remind them listen, you want to be successful in serving other people, ministering to other people, grow a thick skin, but keep a soft heart. What happens is often the opposite. Guys, gals, they start serving the Lord. They start stepping out in faith. They go to Bible college. They start stepping out and serving people. They want to be used of the Lord. What often happens is the opposite. They have a really thin skin. Everything bugs them, and then their hearts get really hard, then they fall away. They go, forget this. I don't want to be serving people that stab me and undermine me. Listen, Jesus was stabbed and undermined. When you serve alongside Jesus Christ, it's going to be painful. It's going to be difficult. God's going to use them, though, to humble you and to humble me and to change me. So be careful. Don't take things so personal. But remember, you're fighting a spiritual battle. Verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong. Where? What does it say in your Bible? In the Lord. Say that very loudly. Ready? Therefore, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Not in your own wisdom. Don't be strong in your church. Don't be strong in the leadership of your church. Don't be strong in all your Bible knowledge. Don't be strong because you've been a believer for 45,000 years. Don't be strong in the fact that you heard some Bible study. Be strong in the Lord. That's the only place you'll find strength. That's the only place you'll find help. Notice, not only be strong in the Lord, but in the power of his might. Not your power. It's not by my power, not by my might, but by my, not by my strength, but by his, saith the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. Don't lean on the things of the flesh when you're fighting a spiritual battle, guys. You're going to lose it. You're going to be beat up and bruised and all messed up. But be strong. He says, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or against the schemes or against the plans of the devil. I mean, that's quite an enemy, quite a foe, and they can be against us. Now, I know you've heard this before we all heard it we love it right God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life isn't that great yes God loves me and he's working out a wonderful plan in my life I wish we could just camp there right put a little tent there I don't know I'd do a tent maybe a fifth wheel deal right there right (laughs) just hang out right there just like yes Lord you love me You have a plan for my life. You're working it out in my life. There's nothing that you're going to do that isn't out of love in my life. But you know there's a flip side to that coin, did you know? The devil, he hates you and has a horrible plan for your life. And he's working his plan all the time, except he cheats. He doesn't play by the rules. He, He does those low blow kind of shots, you know? He hits you when you're not looking. He blindsides And he's like a woodpecker, man. He's peck, 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 peck. Oh, can't get in there. Peck, 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 peck. Can't get in there. Peck, peck, peck. Can't get in there until he finds a soft spot. And then when he finds a soft spot, you know what he does? Puts his life right. He's like, I'm going to peck that the rest of your life if you're not strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I mean, even today, you're being strengthened in the Lord. Your mind is bringing clarity. You are beginning to understand God is pouring into your life. You're not just here to gather together. Oh, it's church, Sunday morning, got to be in church. No, no. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might because, hey, the devil hates you. Has a horrible plan for your life. You know, he wants to distract you. Take your eyes off the Lord. He wants to disrupt your life. He wants to get your eyes not on spiritual things but on personal things. He wants you to be easily offended. He wants you to be upset when people are joking around. He wants you to be so messed up. Well, there's only one really ultimate deal that Satan has and that is to destroy you. He won't stop with just destroying your faith. He doesn't want to just stop with destroying your family or marriage. He wants to destroy you, take you completely out, gone. Have you so convinced that your life is meaningless that you're ready to do it in, man, and be done. He wants your marriages ruined. He wants your kids shattered. He desires, well, he'll take you and me as miserable and as depressed as we'll give him. You want a little bit of misery? He'll take a little bit of misery because he knows that misery feeds on misery. You're a little bit depressed today? He'll take you a little bit depressed because he you knows depression feeds on depression, undermines your faith. You don't see any hope in the things of the Lord. The enemy's convinced you that God's not for you. Your, your, these feelings are overwhelming. He'll take you that way. Anything, he'll take you any way and every way but growing strong spiritually. And so all sorts of things can be against us and are against us, especially in the spiritual realm. Satan, he knows he can't touch you. He's bound by God. He can't touch you, the real you. He can hassle you physically. He can shoot doubts your way, temptations your way, distresses your way, but the Bible encourages us. Listen, 1 John chapter 4, just jot it down. Listen to it. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That's the truth. But yeah, things can be against us. Number two, life's situations can definitely be against us. Like when Paul says, since God is for us, who can be against us? It's not that he's saying things can't be against us. He wants us to have some perspective. He wants us to understand and emphasize God in our lives, not the situation. And so, yes, life situations can be against us. Things happen in our life that cause us great sorrow. Things happen in our life that cause us great pain. Things happen in our life that stretch us and pull us. And it feels like we're just going to break. It feels like the pressure is unbelievable. It feels like there's no way out. It feels like, well, if one more thing happens, I'm completely gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, things happen like that. You bet. Life situations can be very, very difficult. It can be awfully hard at times to live on this earth in these human bodies. It can be awful hard at times to love other human beings and have that love misunderstood or stomped on or even lost through the loss of a loved one. There's diseases. There's distresses. There are sorrows and sadnesses. You mix in a few of our own sinful mistakes. You mix in a few of our own knuckleheaded decisions, and I'll tell you, it's it's crazy. We're just yeah. Life can be against us, and the enemy can use the world system and all the things in the world to bombard us spiritually. You know, another thing, number three that can be against us is we can be against ourselves. We can be a very powerful tool in the hands of the enemy. Isn't that a scary thought? That living in disobedience, living contrary to the things of God, we become a a tool in the hands of the enemy. I mean, I can be my own worst enemy at times, that's for sure. I don't need emails to come my way, criticizing or critiquing. I don't need the voicemails. I do enough of that myself. I can beat myself up without any help from anyone else, all right? I know what it's like. I know about my own mistakes. I know about my own stumblings. I know, and I know the weakness of my own flesh just like you do. You can read through Romans chapter 7 and you can see your own weaknesses. You can see your own difficulties. You can see your own struggles with the flesh. And you can come to the same conclusion that Paul did Oh, what a wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? But listen, in Jesus Christ, you're not a wretch anymore. (laughs) Isn't that great? You're not a wretch anymore. We've been changed. We've been fashioned. We've been cleansed. Wretch. That's a crazy word, just wretch. We don't use it much. It's just the word itself. I mean, wretch. But we've been changed. Oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me? Jesus. He delivers me. He rescues me. When I was sinking in the miry clay, the quicksand of sin, you know who rescued me? Jesus. When I was sold out to the things of this world and didn't have a care or concern about anyone but me, you know who rescued me? Jesus. You know, when I was given over to other substances and under the influence of everything that there could be to be under the influence, you know who rescued me? Jesus. And he continues to do that rescuing work in our lives day by day. You see, verse 31 says, since God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, the question is really, because God's for us, who can really be against us? I mean, with God's power and God's strength, even though there's this constant tug, this constant pull, who really can come up against God? Where are his kids? He loves his kids. Those of you that have kids and people mess with your kids, do you like it? No way. Some of you parents, you better answer no. No way. Rise up in arms. God loves his kids. Jot this down, Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. Jesus said, Matthew 26, 41, he said, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Watch and pray. I know there's a lot of motives between watching and praying, you know, keeping our eyes open, being sober-minded. But listen, Jesus puts it down. He says, I want you to watch and pray, church, so you don't enter into temptation. So you can defeat the temptations and the arrows that are shot right at your heart. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Because the battle goes on and we get tired of it and we stop watching and we stop praying and we become more vulnerable to the things of the Lord. We just jump right in.
0: Watch and pray. A good reminder as we encounter those things that come against us. This is Abounding Grace, and you're listening to a message from pastor and Bible teacher Ed Taylor. Simply go online to hear it again at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Again, we're at AboundingGraceRadio.com. If you haven't already downloaded our free app, simply search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. This is a great way to take in a steady dose of God's Word. Here in the month of April, we picked out an excellent book written by Chuck Smith called Faith, As the title would suggest, this book is all about faith and the key to a successful Christian life. Pastor Chuck explains how faith takes you by the hand and walks you from one level of maturity to another. Using examples from the Bible and illustrations he's gleaned from the ministry, Pastor Chuck lays out a strong case for faith. We'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Just call us at 877-30-GRACE and ask for faith. Pastor Ed, we've got a lot going on this
1: weekend at Calvary Church. Can you fill our listeners in? Well, this is one of those weekends we are super excited about. I mean, we're excited every weekend, but when it comes to Resurrection Weekend, when Easter rolls along, there is an outpouring of people that attend church, and we pull out all the stops to serve Uh, those that would come and hear the gospel and sing with us and and enter into the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything for us is going to start Friday, Good Friday at noon, with a service here at the church. It's more of a solemn service as we look at the scourging and the crucifixion of Jesus. And then we've added services even more than ever to make room just for you here at Calvary Church, Saturday night we're going to meet at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m., and then we're going to wake up early in the morning, Sunday morning, 6.45, 8.45, and 10.45 in the morning. Those are our resurrection services. On our Saturday and Sunday services, they're the same, and so even though we're worshiping on a different day, it really is not the day that we worship is as significant as the moment, uh, and the occurrence that we're celebrating. So all five services uh, will be the same. I mean, they'll be a little bit different in the sense that uh, the message will be delivered a little bit differently, the people are different. Uh, the, it's it's going to be great. So come on out, Resurrection Weekend, right here at Calvary Church. We're in Aurora, Colorado. We're southeast. Uh, we're right on Hampton, a block east of Biscay. Go to our website, calvaryco.church, for more information.
0: We hope to see you this weekend. Visit calvaryco.church if you'd like more information or to watch our services live if you live outside the area. That's calvaryco.church. Don't miss our next study in Romans here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. May God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace.